Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone! Welcome to Survival Jobs, the podcast in collaboration with Broadway World, where we talk to artists about their survival jobs that they had to get them to where they are and why they keep going. I'm Samantha、yes. Goen Titzelo, and this and is、I'm、my amazing co-host. Sorry, no, that was great. I love that. We're trying out a new intro, y'all. Tell us, how, tell us how、intro. it is. Yeah, tell us how it is. <laughs> if I'm gonna like ever pay attention to what I'm supposed to do, then no, we'd be okay.、Perfect. Hi,、perfect. Jason. <laughs> Hi. How you feeling? Listen, I'm on vacation with my family. We're doing yes, a, a little、jealous. family reunion with my dad's side of the family. I just want to give a、yes. shout out to my cousin Brittany Jean because、oh, on this、Jean、trip, Brittany Jean Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I know、That's、your cousin、funny. was famous. Ask yeah, her to donate、sorry. to the Bridgeport Film Fest, Brittany Jean Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want you to feel weird, but that is my cousin.、Yes. No, but I do want to give her a shout out because on this trip so far, she'll she's pulling out facts from episodes I don't even remember. She's like, "Oh, remember that、Aww. episode when you guys talked about whatever you talked about?" And I'm like, "Brittany, you listened to that?" She said、Aww. she listens to almost every one that she can, and I think that's so beautiful. And I didn't even know that. So, shout out to Brittany for listening.、Yes. Thank you, love you. I also want to say I'm on vacation with them. We're in this gorgeous Airbnb in Destin, Florida, and I am, you know, trying to record in this new area. So I was putting the lamp on this <laughs> bed where my computer is, and it fell off and shattered at this、oh, Airbnb.、Man. Well, now you can fast. <laughs> I want to lie and say it was already broken because what if it? But everyone's telling you not to. So I shattered a lamp. That's so that's how I'm feeling. A little bit stressed about that. But other than that, you know, it's nice to be away. It's a lot been going on, so it's nice to like be off from work and not yeah, check、I'm、my、jealous. email. But I have been op- I've been opening it here and there, and I have about twelve hundred emails right now. So, but、oh、I'm not thinking、gosh. about it until I'm back.、Yeah. So. Yeah,、exactly. how are you? We're in big crunch time for Bridgeport Film Fest. I feel like I am that lamp that you were holding、ah! and trying to put on your bed, <laughs> and you're putting on the bed, and I'm the like the lamp, like oh no, oh、teetering. no, it's not a good idea. Yeah, teetering, <laughs> teetering, like oh no, why is this lady putting me on this bed? Oh, here I go, here I go, falling, falling. Hopefully, and only half, and only half of you. Well, the whole lamp didn't shatter; just half of it did. So don't well, worry. Well, there you go. Hopefully. <laughs>、um, All right. Yeah, you know, I'm just you know in the middle of getting ready for BFF Bridgeport Film Fest, and it's been a little busy. But I was also at BroadwayCon this past weekend, and I know because you were in Florida. So my friend Sarah Jean joined me. She was like、uh, my assistant to help me get some footage. Yes. 
That's so funny because you have a Britney Jean and I have a Sarah Jean. I love that. We just <laughs> love, love the jeans. Too. Yeah. But um, so we're going to do, hopefully we'll do like a little mini, a mini episode that drops um, soon about BarbieCon. And because I got some good, hopefully it's good footage of everything that went down or not everything, but a lot of things that went down. But, you know, I thought it was pretty incredible. You know, um, they opened up with a panel that was with um, Hillary Clinton, former first lady and secretary of state, Hillary Clinton. She was on a main stage with an exclusive conversation with Broadway legends, LaShawns and Julie White, Donna Murphy, and my queen, Vanessa Williams. I love Vanessa Williams so much. So um, seeing that panel and discussion about those iconic women being in Broadway and, and working and, and you know, the pressures that they faced in their careers was Oh, unbelievable. And there were so many great, great events throughout the whole weekend that we'll dive into um, a little bit later. But yeah, if you guys didn't go to BroadwayCon, make sure you get a ticket for next year. It was everything I didn't know it could be. It was so much fun. There were so many, like, I, there was um, Kite Runner. They did like a spotlight of this, of the new, the new show, Kite Runner. I had no idea anything about it until I went to that, until I went to that spotlight. And I'm like, I got to get tickets right away. It's incredible. Like just hearing the artists speak about it and like stuff like that happens at Broadway Con, you know, and I'm not sure if people know exactly what it is, but um, yeah, I'm rambling now, but. No, that's Super amazing. Exciting. I'm so happy you got to go and represent our show. Give us so amazing. many cards. <laughs> yes. Hello. Shout out to everyone listening to this episode from a card that you got from Jason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll definitely do a little mini follow-up episode just to dive a little bit more into that so we can give everyone a little a little overview of what went yes. down. Anthony Rapp was there. Our girl, hey. Freddie Walker Brown. Shout out, Freddie Walker. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it was iconic. Uh, it was so iconic. I love that. I want to talk. Uh, I want to take a little turn, if that's okay. Um, for yeah. Broadway World, you're talking about like this women panel of all these women talking about working on Broadway. So our guest today said something interesting in her in her episode about you know she was a woman you know trying to make it in the '80s, and so people would mm. say she was bossy just because she has like a strong personality. And you know, I think you know, as women, we run into that a lot. And so I just, I've read the, I read this play by the pool in Florida uh, yes. called What We're Up Against, written by Teresa Rebecca. I never know if it's Rebecca oh, or yeah. Rebecca. She's one of my I've favorite playwrights. Yeah, yeah. She's one of my fl- favorite playwrights. And I'm, you know, I really have felt fallen off of my auditioning and all that stuff. So I'm really trying to get back into the groove. So I set up an appointment with my acting coach, just trying to get some new monologues under my belt. But I read this play and the whole idea of this play is this woman, Eliza got hired at this firm uh, with architects with mostly men and one other woman. And all she wants to do is work and they're not giving her any projects because they're saying like, She's too entitled. She thinks she's better than everyone. She this, she that, just because she actually has good ideas. And the men in the play cannot take it. Um, So I just want to, like, sort of shine a light on, like, women who are strong and have voices and and talent sometimes get deemed as bossy or entitled or thinking they're better than everyone or bitches. and, And that ain't right. So it's a great, it it's right. a great play, and it's a great monologue I got. So, uh, 
if y'all are looking for a good it's a quick read it's 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 two acts but it's not like it's probably not even a 90 minute production i don't know that for a fact yeah. so i don't want to speak but if you guys are looking for a new play and by the way it's not new i think this they did a production of it i believe in 2008 or maybe that's 2011 one of those years um i so want to type not something new, in but yeah oh. definitely definitely read it yeah go ahead jay no, I was just going to say, um, because, you know, at the panel, and it ties back into what you're saying, was, you know, the women were talking about, like, how they, they rarely get to work with female directors. You know, I think, you know, a couple of them, a couple of them only worked with, like, two like, out, out of their whole careers. And they were saying, like, working with women directors, like, how much better it is, like, how much better the set is and the rehearsal process. And then Hillary Clinton talked about how when she was, like, a young lawyer, you know, all the men would be, like, close your door. You know, like don't, like don't, like don't go to like go to dinner, but keep your door closed. So like they think that you're working still. And she was like, okay, that's weird. And they're like, well, wouldn't. And then when you come back from dinner, like open your door, but like walk around, walk around the the the, the firm, and like you know talk to people and and, and talk and, and meet and like tell people what you're doing. And like basically, she was just saying, you know, like men always don't do the work. You know, <laughs> they're just like fronting like they're doing the work, and 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 women like get shit done sooner right and like why why spend you know 16 hours at a at your job when you can get the work done in eight and go home you know like why do you have to like put up this front that you're like working on these extra hours when the men weren't really working those extra hours they were just like chilling out you know like i don't know i just thought that was very interesting and, and women need to rule the world come on men have are, are Boom. just disasters we do not all men we don't we love some of the men but it's mm. just <laughs> There's like a 10%. Who are a I don't want to like talk all the men, but <laughs> I will. But I'll do it for you. Thank you. The men are disasters. <laughs> no, just think about how much better the world would be if we had, you know, really incredible, brilliant women in charge for a little bit. Like women are just, you know, I don't want to like assume. Just kidding. I'm yeah, just right. The narrative. No, but women are just so like more empathetic and caring and smarter and more decisive. And men are crazy and men are like big babies and i mean look at freaking the kavanaugh trial when he was like crying and ranting like a maniac and yet chris um um professor blazy ford who was just so cool and calm and collected you know what i mean just like i don't know we can go on and on about how sucky men are but <laughs> thank you for gassing up women i love that and I always to, i want to mention uh, a show that i've never really watched called scandal kidding if you're our faithful <laughs> listeners you'll know i talk about scandal all the time on this show yes olivia pope. Uh, and olivia pope's dad eli pope tells her all the time as a black woman she needs to be twice as good yeah and so i feel like that for all women especially black women and women of color you yeah. need to be twice as good because if you're just mediocre you're a mediocre man's gonna get farther than a mediocre woman so you got to be twice as good be cheers to that with my coffee cup and my shattered lamp <laughs> and my shattered Aww. lamp Excuse maybe me. your airbnb uh host listen to the podcast and they'll see how sad you feel about the lamp and listen that guy i'm not i didn't reserve this my name's not anywhere <laughs> so there's no trace of this i'm dead Except, <laughs> yeah yeah me too anyway should we talk about our, yeah! our girl our girl Kristen. So yes, Professor. I think Professor Kristen. <laughs> Professor, 
Professor Keeping Badass. Keeping up with Kristen. Yes. <laughs> um, I think Kristen's our first guest that has like reached out to us being like, hey, I've listened to the show, would love to come on. And I think yeah. that's cool. I think that's amazing. Uh, that is amazing. You know, Jay, like whoever thought we'd be in in this part of our show, in this stage of our process with this show, I don't know what I'm saying, where somebody's going to be like, hey, guys, I listened to your show, would love to come on, would love what, I love what you're doing. So so we yeah. were like, yes, girl, let's go. And she was on Broadway with Company. She's also from Connecticut, just like us. This happens a lot. Um, and and it's she's season awesome. two theme, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, because our another guest that's about to come on, Mia, is also from Connecticut, so it's just all the vibes. Season two is all about Connecticut. Wait, <laughs> let's do. Let's, let's talk do about Kristen. Yeah, so yeah. Kristen, she's amazing. You guys are gonna love this episode. She is like multi hyphenate, doing all these things. I got tired just listening to her talk about all the things she does and has <laughs> done in her past. But let me tell you a little bit about her. I'll kick it off, Jay. Mm-hmm. So Kristen Huffman appeared as a leading role in the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical by Stephen Sondheim Company. It also won a mm-hmm. Drama Desk, Outer Critics Circle, and Drama League Award for Best Revival of a Musical. This was 2006, people, not the most recent one. Uh, she played the leading role of Sarah, as well as flute, sax, and piccolo. Kristen is the founder and producing artistic director of the New Paradigm Theater, a professional nonprofit theater company promoting social responsibility and fostering creative problem solvers, leaders, and global citizens through theater, arts, education, and productions. Yes. She is a professor at the University of Hartford and trains singers and actors for a life on the wicked stage. She's a member of Actors' Equity Association, Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA, and she frequently judges international choir competitions in the U.S. and Canada. She graduated summa cum laude from both Capital University Conservatory of Music, BM, with um, a concentration in voice and flute, and Northwestern University with a Master's of Music in Opera, Check out her website, www.kristenhuffman.com. And she's badass, y'all. She is the truth. Yeah. I'm super Enjoy excited. Yeah, see Little Mermaid. They have a really... Oh, yeah. She talks about the production of Little Mermaid. It sounds incredible. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait to go. I'm going to take my niece. Yeah. Okay, cool. Enjoy, everybody. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, Kristen. Happy Survival Jobs Podcast Day. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did We're I just say? So happy to see you. Thank you for oh. joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. I was excited to be here. Yeah. So I love when we have fellow Connecticut folks on, and that sort of happens more often than not these days. So shout out to Connecticut. Um, I heard you say, you're, yeah, you're in Milford. Am. Yep, love I Milford. love Milford. I have a few friends that live in Milford, so I always am, Same. when I need to escape the city, I like bop over there. It's just so nice. Nice beaches, nice restaurants. It's like so Gilmore Girls vibe. We love Gilmore Girls on this podcast. It is. <laughs> I think Milford was one of the towns she based it off of. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. You know, like in the, in the, the green in Milford, the gazebo, the like white gazebo? Yep. It's the exact same like format in Gilmore Girls. You should check it uh, out. Okay, I will. 
<laughs> Samantha's yeah. a huge fan. <laughs> I am like a crazy, crazy Gilmore Girls fan. Well, I'm um, one of those people who moved up during the, the COVID. I've been here since 2000. We moved out from Ohio. I was oh, already wow. having a career going in. My agents here in New York are like, you need to be closer to New York if you want to be on Broadway. And so I'm like, all right, my compromise is Connecticut. And oh, uh, yeah. so I can always just hop on the train, you know, and get in. And and little by little, uh, Milford has really grown up, especially last year, with everybody going, wait, I can send in video auditions? Okay, I'll live in Milford. <laughs> wait, yep. I have to do a really <laughs> quick sidebar. Do you live on Street? Mm. I do. <gasps> I met you. Wait, when? Carmel across the street is my really good friend. Oh I came God. over for coffee. <laughs> I just, oh my God. I just put it all together. That's and so we talked. We talked about the podcast together. You're like, let me know. I'll advertise it to well, my students. I'm blank on that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, me too. And by the way, sitting here just now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Sitting here just now, I'm like, wait, I fully came to your house for coffee last summer. <laughs> no, 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 I remember. Because it's all setting in. I'm like, someone yeah. who's on Broadway, who now has a theater in Connecticut, da 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 da. And I'm like, oh my God, we actually met. Okay. That's that's, that's so good. funny. That's so good. Anyway, hello. Nice to see you oh, again. Nice. Life is so funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anywho, I love that. The world is so small and funny. Yep. <laughs> wow. But anyway, let's let's jump into the show. So this podcast is called Survival Jobs. As you know, you've had a wonderful, successful career, but surely you've had some survival jobs on the way. So do you have a, a survival job from your past that is sort of positively impacted where you are today, how you got to to your career now and what you do? You know, it's interesting because my undergrad at Capital University was music education, not theater. Because my mother oh, wow. said, I know you may think you want to perform, but you need to, and these were her words, have something to fall back on, right? Um, and I performed. It was a small enough school that I could perform and do all the stuff I needed to do, take all the instrument methods classes, all the various um, things you do as a music ed person. And then I went on to grad school in vocal performance at Northwestern. That was opera. But here's the thing. I never stopped teaching. I've always had a private studio ever since college, private vocal studio, also teaching flute, you know, and some piano. And um, that had allowed me to continue to stay in the business because that's pretty flexible. So the story of how I got company uh, on Broadway is from having, I'd say I wouldn't need, I, I would call it a survival job because it did allow me to survive long enough to get my Broadway debut. And when yeah. I was performing also regionally, you know, you can stop your studio, go perform, come back and they're still there. You know what I mean? So that honestly, that it's the best job in the world because I'm still in the arts and I'm influencing, I'm learning more about my own technique because I'm teaching it to other people. It gets me to not just be one of the actors that's only thinking about myself. I have to focus on that other person all the time. So that, and, and then here's what happened. When I took, uh, when I moved to New York, and you know, I'm not in my 20s at that point, so I'm taking a bunch of casting director master classes. And one of them was with Bethany Knox, who's at uh, Telsey. And oh, she, yeah. her undergrad was music ed too. So uh, I think, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, what we, <laughs> what we connected on was that, oh, yes, when you're a music education major, you have to take woodwind methods and brass methods and string methods so that at some point you could teach those if you had to. So she knew I played flute 
And then when company came up and they wanted instrument playing actors, she called me in because she knew I played that. So I went in, I played my flute, which I've played for years, you know, like forever, and piano. And then she knew that I was seriously being considered for the part of Sarah. And they wanted that person to also play saxophone. So she looked right at me in the audition room and went, and Kristen also plays sax because it's the same fingering as flute. And I went, uh-huh. So oh, wow. I went home on the Metro North home to Milford. We uh, love the Metro North. And I get a call from my agent. They go, you booked the show, but they say to brush up on your saxophone. And I was like, ah. So I hired, I teach at the University of Hartford as well, in the Hart School and the Musical Yes, theater. Hart School, yes. I hired a TA to two times a week to teach me how to play that freaking saxophone because we were supposed to play and sing for Mr. Sondheim as a last approval. Luckily, we didn't have to because I would have fainted. But that's how I wow. learned to play the saxophone because of my survival gig and then because somebody else also was music ed. I think that's like a really fabulous story. It is. And look where it got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that for me, and I continue, I still teach here in this space right here. And oh, wow. um, I've literally heard you teaching. See? <laughs> well, during COVID, that window right there, here's my piano, that window that I'm over here behind me, I could just open it up and they could be outside and I could play and they could sing. So I could so good because, you know, kids were so bored. Oh, yeah, of course. Maybe as well as adults, obviously. But they were so bored so they could come sing and not be in masks when they were outside. That's so smart. Wow. Yeah. But again, you know, it is a survival job. Again, it pays my bills. Yeah. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, being at the university too, that's a little more restrictive, you know, because I can't go and come as easily. Um, but it, it, it definitely is a higher level and I'm teaching and learning myself as well. So it, it's still, it, you know, I've always done it, even on Broadway. I still taught before I caught the Metro North. Into While the you were doing eight shows a week? Wow. <laughs> kudos, I kudos. Narrowed down my, I narrowed down my studio a little bit. I didn't teach at the university there. I took time off there. But I did teach my survival gig, which is, you know, was my is my home studio. But I do love teaching. So I know a lot of survival gigs you don't love. You know what I mean? But this one is at least it 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 feeds off of the other one. Well, that's why I love this this show because you think of survival job as being like, oh, I hate my serving job or I hate like mm -hmm. my babysitting job. But that's not always the case. You can have. And I think that's the importance of this show is to say like, hey, you can always be an artist and always work toward this dream that's tough to get to and yeah. not have yeah. to be miserable along the way. It's like well, parallel. I tell my college kids nowadays, especially you should double major. So that you can do something like web design. I've hired one of our, my former students at the university to help keep up the website of New Paradigm Theater Company. Um, she also looked at my website and kind of helped redesign that a little bit. You know what I mean? So that's For something sure. you can do. And I think every school also needs to, rem any musical theater division should also remind people they need a lot of on-camera work. Because look what we're doing. You know, um, and, mm -hmm. and that's something that they can do as a survival. Maybe your commercials are your survival gig for your theater. You know what I mean? Because it pays. Yeah. 
So I always encourage them, maybe be a grant writer, maybe be a, a graphic designer, all of those things you can do online and still go do what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. Work on your own terms, work on your own time and make and, your own and schedule. It's so expensive now that, you know, more mm -hmm. than when I was there, there's no way to pay it off with just a theater gig. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unless you book a TV show, but you know. <laughs> You don't know if that's gonna last. Which I'm, I'm still waiting on that. I'm like, that's how I'm gonna pay off my student loans. I could get that one, that one Same. TV kick. There you go. Good. Well, you know, you're show, you're creating. Same. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Create your own work. Don't wait for them. Create your own. It's true. Yeah. You know, and so he does. True. I never thought I'd create my own theater. I just wasn't in the cards. But mm. ended up that I saw um, a niche for a new kind of theater, you know? And then I'm like, and then those people that felt that same way were attracted to my board yes. or, to or to our, the people that are in the shows. And I use my Broadway people and I use my teaching, like it all came together. I, I hadn't planned on that either. I love that. Just well, can we, mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, yeah. Can we flip it and reverse it? Do you have a survivor job from your past that you maybe didn't like? Did not love. <laughs> when I was in grad school, I did whatever people do. I, I waited, but I didn't really yeah. have the experience. I was not good. I was not good. Um, oh. I was friendly, but I, like everyone else, had waitering nightmares where the tickets were piling up and whatever. And I had some mean customers. I would say if you're ever going to deal with the public, you should be a waiter at some point or in some sort of yes. service. Because yep. you do I learn agree. to hold your tongue. You do learn, you know, uh, that not everybody's going to be nice to you, but you need to present a certain face. You know what I mean? So I did that for two years through grad school. Um, and, you know, it helped pay for food and different things that I needed to do. But then that's when I had more, I, little by little, started having more of my private voice studio. And I was like, wow, an hour of that pays me what I work four hours for being a waiter. Hmm. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. They're like what oh. makes most sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not on my feet all the time. And I'm doing something artistic. I used mm -hmm. to, it was at a place called Convito Italiano in. Uh, yes. And uh, right near North Northwestern. And I would actually literally walk around memorizing my recital that had a lot of Italian in it. So people thought I was speaking Italian when I would come to the table and they'd be like, Ooh, say something. And I would just quote a song lyric. So. I was That's happy. so good. See, and then you incorporate your art into your survival job and it all works. I yeah. love it. I love so that I so know, much. Yeah. <laughs> we did talk a little bit about company already. Uh, you touched a little bit about it, but I want to talk a little bit more about it and what that experience was like for you. Uh, a little bit more about the process. Also, uh, Milford is not that close to the city. So how was that experience like with the commuting and like mm -hmm. always feeling rested and ready? Eight shows a week and company is not nothing. It's a long show. And by the way, it's Sondheim. So I know I just said a lot of questions to you. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you can since we're on broadwayworld.com, if you just look me up on there, I did a whole series of, now they're called blogs, but back in 2006, that's not what they were. And I wrote from Cincinnati Playhouse on, that's where we developed it. And then yeah. it was taken to Broadway. I wrote stories about how John Doyle and the cast and all, all of us put it together. And they're funny because it was stressful, um, but it was great. <laughs> and, it was yeah. fun, and it was scary. It was everything you want to be as an actor. So I wrote a whole series of stories. Oh, what? 
what did I call it? Oh, you have to link it. Yeah. You all, you know, I, when, I actually when, saw it. I yeah. saw it when I was, I can't remember what it's called either, but I saw it. I was like, oh my God, Broadway World. Look at that, everyone. Yeah. Oh, always coming back. To read from the beginning of what it was like to put it together, they can do that. I would just say it is the was the hardest thing at that point I had ever done up up till then, trying to sing, act, and and play your instrument um, while you were doing it. But his system, John Doyle's system, made it so intuitive and you did it and 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 you could create at the same time. You weren't locked into just one way of thinking. Uh, it. You know, I try to, when as I produce, I try to put those kinds of people together on the stage because I just feel like that's so much more creative. My commute, I, I did, I stayed overnight on Tuesday nights um, in the city and I stayed overnight on Friday and Saturdays so that I only had to do the four day. I think that's what was left commute on the train, mm -hmm. but you know what? It's a time to kind of, the train's not bad and, and you just hop on it and then you just wait until you get into grand central. So you're doing work or you're watching a movie or you're kind mm -hmm. of centering, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't terrible at all. I would do it again. And I, I yeah. like having a yard and being and coming home someplace that I have dogs and a husband and yes. I can just chill. And it's not the energy of the city. I'm very high energy. I don't know if you noticed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always say that because like I, I used to have a car in the city and I, I just love taking the train back here. Yeah. It's like so relaxing. You can get stuff done in that in that 85 minutes or however long it is, you know? Yeah. And I and it was and it's safe and Milford's very safe and I just feel like my high energy and the city's high energy we would have burned each other out <laughs> so it gives me a chance to kind of yeah know. that's so nice uh did were you able to see the most recent revival and and what I did you think of it no I you have not clips and I love um uh Katrina Katrina yeah Katrina uh, like yeah. yeah I loved her in the band's visit. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I love the concept. I think company is one of those shows that you can play with, you know, and then one mm -hmm. of the blogs that I wrote, he, um, he wrote it, not Sondheim, but, um, George Firth wrote it as individual little therapy sessions for himself. And then it was Hal Prince and, and Stephen who said, you should make this into a musical. Um, so they helped him with that, but he actually told me like who the characters it were in the show. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, uh it was Sally. Oh, why can't I remember anybody's names right now? So, <laughs> the lady who is was on um, oh, Hot Lips Houlihan in the movie. She was who Sarah really is. And I would ask oh, him wow. about her and her husband. So it was her first husband. Um, so anyway, that was kind of cool to get to talk to because George hadn't hadn't passed at that point. Neither had Stephen. So we got a chance yeah. to work Except for I could only call him Mr. Sondheim. I just taught <laughs> his music to my students for so long with his name, Stephen Sondheim, up in the right hand. I always just could only say Mr. Sondheim. Everybody else called him Steve. But weird to me. Of course. I don't think, yeah. I mean, you have somebody who's like so legendary. Like, you want to show that honor and that respect. I mean, I'm sure he was super kind and was like, just call him it's Steve. Great. <laughs> all, of them, all of them were. And George was funny and, you know, and just kind of crazy a little bit. So, yeah, you can see how they would have worked together really well. Very different personalities, but fun. Oh, I love that. Well, you have done, I guess you performed in operas, theaters, symphonies. Do you have a preference? Uh, what What do you love most out of those? I love musical theater most. Opera yeah. was great. I did seven years of professional opera, a lot of secondary mm -hmm. roles. It was fine, fine. And I have a big voice. Um, but it was always oh, so much about the voice and it just, 
can make a person crazy in the head and you worry yeah. all the time. I have a little residual worry about that. And when my voice, oh my God, uh, you know, but with musical theater, A, I think I sing better now than I did when I did opera because musical theater, you have to develop your oh, voice wow. in a way that you can sing all sorts of music, you mm -hmm. know, and not constantly pounding loudness onto your chords. So I feel better. Plus we have mics on our head all the time, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, have to, I almost feel like I'm marking most of the time. Um, until I <laughs> something, you know, and and I tell mm. my my students as well. There's no reason for you to blast like you did in the olden days, you know. Just place it correctly, sing the right way, support it, um, and then your voice lasts longer too. Um, so sure. I prefer, you know, I, I did all the Rodgers and Hammerstein girls early in my career because that was a little closer to opera, you know, in very mm. standardy, and then. Um, I worked for Maine State Music Theater. I love them. They, I went in for Brigadoon thinking I'd be Fiona because that's, you know, the types of roles. Maria, Nellie, all those girls. And yeah. they came back and cast me as Meg. And she's the one that's like, ah, da, da, da. And, I like yeah. and I was sold from then on. It was <laughs> And he was the first person to see me as a little bit more like leading lady left of center, low character which is also what Sarah and company is. And I Love learned that. to better and I learned to just, I was like, I would much prefer to be the secondary character who gets the laughs. You know, and because yeah. it's, it's so fun. I love comedic. I love energetic. I love bold, you know, and those characters are that. So I'm always happy with that. I love but, that. But yeah, those are more, I got told in the opera world, my acting was interfering with my singing. And I thought, well, perhaps then I need oh. to be someplace where they like the acting. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Do you have a favorite role that you played? Sorry, I'm going off script, Jay. Um, no, I love that. Yeah. I was going to ask the same thing. You know, I I did like Meg a lot. I liked Gooch a lot, believe it or not. Um, I have roles I want to play coming up, um, and I like playing evil. Um, I haven't done that before, um, so that's really fun. Um, I guess it's always my next role would be my favorite. I did like last year I was in Footloose and I played Vi and I liked her. She had a lot of depth. Um, I actually played Smee in Peter Pan and Mrs. Darling because our version oh, was very unique as opposed to Hook becoming dad or dad becoming Hook. We did it that way. So that was really fun. Yeah, I just I really like those very colorful characters now. It's so, so fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. And and what's the point of doing this? Like if you're not going to have fun. And I mean, I really love Sarah. Um, she, uh, she was interesting, always kind of concerned about keeping her family together and her weight and, you know, things that I've struggled with as well. And, um, you know, it, that was, it, I loved that cast. I love the, the ensemble-ness. I love anything that's an ensemble cast much better than like a, I have to be the in the spotlight. I'd rather be the secondary. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it's it's more of like a family community vibe. That's amazing. So mm -hmm. I want to take a turn and start and I want to talk a little bit about the new paradigm theater. And right. and when you started that, what was your yes. inspiration to create this theater? And how did you juggle, you know, creating <laughs> your own theater while doing your survival jobs and yeah. also still pursuing your career as a performer i mean it's not nothing to just create a theater right and like produce and shows and do it. i didn't really know how hard it was 
at the time, 2012. It's just, I looked around, I had, I had worked at so many regional companies, loved them. And then I uh, um, also at, you know, at higher levels, higher and higher, low and high, I mean, dinner, theater and everything. And I saw places that were either going out of business or did, like I'd worked at them, then they weren't around anymore after that. Or I saw their audiences were aging out. And I thought, this is an art form I love. What do we need to do to make it relevant? And I do mean for everyone, right? And this was 2012. And I thought, well, A, the audiences need to think they can see themselves up on stage. So clearly the casting needs to change. And then also we need to find a way to appeal to younger people as well, because they can use Netflix, you know what I mean? So <laughs> um, and, and my own background, my dad's a Lutheran minister and a professor and my dad's, my mom's a um, music teacher. And we had already grown up oh, wow. together for various charities and things. So I kind of had that thing tied into my chemistry as, as well as being a teacher. When you're a teacher, something about, I mean, I think at heart, I'm probably a teacher, like in my heart, that's what I am mostly in, in whatever way. So, um, and I've been a producer since I've been like five years old, you know, when <laughs> yeah. come over, we put together a play, we made our parents watch it, you know, so I'm <laughs> doing that. Um, and, 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 you know, it's interesting as a girl growing up in the eighties, you know, you were told you're bossy at that point. Um, things are changing, which I like. Um, there's a meme. I'm not bossy. I got leadership skills. Um, yes, yeah, yes. seriously. So, so it was, there weren't a whole lot of female artistic directors that I could ask for advice, um, in 2011, 12, when I was doing this, but I did have some very good sounding boards, men who were generous with their time and kind of helped me figure out what I was doing. And I realized, you know, New York, when you do a show, they don't have a theater. They rent the space. They rehearse over here and they rent a space. Why do we have to have a actual building that then we have to pay mortgage for and then we go under, right? And this is before COVID. Yeah. And so that was one of the new paradigm. The second one was, why don't we always tie this into a social justice initiative? So when we do things like uh, uh, Little Mermaid, it made sense to tie it into the Maritime Aquarium at Norwalk and highlight the oh, wow. issue and their nonprofit. We're a nonprofit too, but highlight the issue of marine debris and how the mm. environment is caving in and how we need to be taking care. Little Mermaid swim through the ocean today, she'd hit plastic. So our sets, our costumes, everything yeah. out of those plastics we have cleaned up with them at the beaches and what we're recycling. Um, the costumes look amazing. I hire professionals because I know those people in my life yeah. to do the designing. But we have young people elbow to elbow with our Broadway stars on stage because that's how I learned at a young age. Yeah. College was great. But when I was on stage with a pro, I was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's how you study. That's how you, you know what I mean? So that's part of the new mixing. It's kind of a hybrid. It's not totally professional it's not totally community and everybody's like what are you you don't have a building you have broadway people but you have teenagers but you have so that yeah. and tying it to a social justice nonprofit and helping them get their mission out to an audience of people that might not plus our casting has always been extremely diverse our first one was yeah. oliver in 2016 and our oliver i had never seen an african-american oliver maybe there had been but we also paul bogave 
who is a Grammy Emmy winner, Paul Bogain, he helped yeah. rearrange the music. Um, and that, and so like in the beginning of Oliver, I'm talking a lot, but in the beginning of Oliver, you know how it's, is it what we're waiting for? If we wait till 84, all we ever get is, you take the music, the notes out, it's rap. And that's what we did. So we had a lot oh, of, wow. as well as typical Fairfield kids, you know, you know, you live in Bridgeport, there's that yeah. line. And here's the haves and the have nots. So we, we didn't yep. <laughs> say that our production was based in Bridgeport, but if you looked at the graphics, that was Bridgeport, not London. So we had I love that. that. Oh my gosh. Really made it very our Dodger was female. Um, so we were doing that before it became the trend to do it. And I mm -hmm. looked out on our very first audience of Oliver, because that was our biggest main stage show we'd ever done. And a third of them were were um from this young man's church. A third of them had never been to a musical before, but they'd heard it was sort of like Hamilton. <laughs> a third of them were the old time musical theater goers. I was more worried about them, but they loved it because the entire, wow. and we tied it to the Bridgeport Council of Churches, their soup kitchen, and our cast volunteered at the soup kitchen. So we I were teaching that. our children about leadership. We were teaching them about a nonprofit that had to do with the show and tying it in. And so for me, that's the way theater, that's what I had in mind for when I started a theater company. This is the new and new paradigm. Wow, snaps. And now we've continually gotten a different nonprofit for every single show that reflects wow. the theme. And it's usually not an arts nonprofit. That's amazing. I mean, Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, well, Jinx, right? That's a wow. It's been wow. a hard slog, though. I will not lie to you. It wasn't easy. I just have wonderful people around me helping me build it. I've got great board members who are producers and our video. We've always had a lot of video um, and um, film work in our shows. Um, when we did Bye Bye Birdie, we used the television camera and projected the black and white image behind him onto. We, we perform at Black Rock oh, Church, wow. 925 seat state of the art theater. Um, it's huge. It's the most beautiful in this area, in my opinion, theater. Uh, and uh, it's their worship space. Um, so, and we rehearse at Emmanuel Church in Weston. We trade sometimes our performers to sing for their services. And then oh, wow. we're able to use their performance, you know, their rehearsal space. So again, we couldn't do it without, without these people. So um, I feel pretty lucky to be able to produce that. Almost, it seems like all my other gigs now were survival gigs to get to this producing gig and performing. For sure. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thanks, thanks. I definitely, yeah. We'll definitely try to get over uh, yes. to see Little August Mermaid. August 18th and 20th. Yep. It just also, I would like to, yeah, I need to bring my niece to that. She you loves you Little do. Mermaid. And she, she I've been like shoving to dress up in her whatever she oh her Ariel or mm -hmm. or mermaid character. I've been like shoving Broadway down her throat since she was like two, and so that would be a great like first experience <laughs> in a live musical. Yeah, I have such a stage on. Well, warn her that the costumes are going to look a little different. Then yeah, the Disney, they're amazing. Like you know, the Ursula outfit is all big plastic bags. And they what an amazing awesome. idea to do that. Mm -hmm. I also love Brooklyn the musical. And so when you're saying like everything's made of the plastic, I'm like, yeah. so Brooklyn. Yeah. So Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> recycled or a green approach or, you know what I mean? And I think that, that that's another new thing. You know, maybe we'll continue to do that for every show. We'll recycle something. That's super cool. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, we're coming up on the close. We're going to do a quick little game at the end. But before that, because you teach, you're a professor at the University of Hartford and you teach music, what's the best advice that you give your students who are looking to get into this wild, wild profession that we are all in? <laughs> well, as I said earlier on, it's really to have, um, I, I'm not even sure what I call it survival. I would have it like have a couple of gigs. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and try to find, try to stay in it as long as you can to, because it's going to take time to develop the contacts, the networking, you know, and, and try to find that survival job that allows you to have time to do that other, the thing you love. You know what I mean? I also Preach. think multitasking, learning to multitask and time management is super important. I, I can't tell you how many people I haven't hired back because they were not good time managers. You can't just be artsy. You've got to yeah. develop the other side of your brain, a business side of your brain. Or the best performers I know are either business people themselves or their agent is. But they still <laughs> yeah. have that knowledge. You can't just go out with stars in your eyes and be artsy. It, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Facts. That's really good. Yeah, facts. I was, I was like, so, yeah, Drop I was like giving Jason, <laughs> <laughs> I was giving Jason a side eye during that because I'm like, Jason is the best. Did you see me, Jason? Yeah. Jason is the best time manager. I know he always is doing like nine million things at once, and I can like not do two. This down. <laughs> honestly, those are few and far between. The eighty twenty rule really is very important. 80% of the people are not going to be the kind that you're going to hire back or want to work with. 20% are, and you need to keep those close to you. And yeah, that's what sure. you turn emails and phone calls quickly. Do they make sure they show up when they say they will? Right. Well, I just, I forgot and I double book. Well, that's not my problem. That's yours. You know? Yeah. So yeah. And again, sure. I won't, it's okay. I just won't hire you back again or recommend you. Man, I get like five calls or emails a week to recommend either former students or people I've worked with now, you know, and I don't say mm -hmm. bad things about anybody, but I will say this one really great time manager, or you will have an excellent time. Very positive. Yeah. And that's, that goes a long, long way. Yay. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. You're amazing. And I'm oh, so happy. And life is so funny. I literally had coffee with you and we, you know, coordinated this whole episode and I, it just didn't click until we we're talking. So that's so funny about life. Um, the whole pandemic happened. So yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm breaking you lambs. I don't even know show. where you I am. Play with Carmel and Zane. And then you guys could all three come to the show. Yeah. And then you exactly. could. Yeah. Okay. We'll all do it. Yeah. It's just going to be a whole fun thing. So as Jason said, we always like to end the, the, the show with a little game, but before we do that, I know you touched a little bit about little mermaid, but if you want to let our, our listeners know a little bit more information, uh, we'll also drop the tickets. link in the show notes. Yeah. The dates, where to get tickets, et cetera, Wait. just you so everyone can get their butts over there. Wait, it's nptheater.org. I'm sure you'll put that up there. And then right on our homepage, it says, get your mermaid tickets. Uh, August 19th is a Friday, 7 p.m. August 20th, two shows, two and seven. Then it's done. And you're going to miss it. And you're going to be sad because it, oh. it is. And great. we don't want you all to be sad. We want everyone to be happy. 
You got a great cast. Tiffany Tizell is playing Sebastian. She's in the area. She may live in Bridgeport. She's like got an amazing jazz and soul band. So she's going to be very cool for our Sebastian. Dr. Rydell Harrison is playing King Triton. He's awesome. And the cutest young lady, I sent you guys a picture of this, um, is a senior at the Hart School, not my student, um, Carolyn Paulson's student. And she, um, as Sydney Rose Horowitz, is playing uh, Ariel. Adorable. Amazing. Yep. That's Beautiful amazing. Curls on that. Beautiful curls on that lady's head, and we're not putting a red wig on her. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Do it up. Do it up. Is it going to be like all the music from the yep. show and everything? Yeah, yeah. We got the rights from Disney and MTI. All the classics. We don't change anything. We're not allowed to change anything. It's the entire show. It's not Junior. It's the entire show. That's it's amazing. just you'll see a lot of trash items. The grotto <laughs> amazing. The grotto has so many trash things that have floated down to Ariel, like a metro card. Ah. And, and different, right? And then the, mm -hmm. and the King Triton's throne is like a Game of Thrones, but with Starbucks cups and plastic. I oh love Game of Thrones so and epic. I love Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> They should sponsor us just for all the, the play they're going to get on stage. <laughs> Hello, you Starbucks, you if you're Holla listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call us. Call Kristen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. So we have a really, a really quick, fun game just to wrap up. Okay. Um, rapid fire. So first thing that, that comes to your mind. Well, um, that can be dangerous. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'll, I'll take the first one. Yeah. All right. Are you yeah. ready, Kristen? Do you have your 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 competitive game pants on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're shorts, but yes. Your shorts, yeah. Is it's hot. <laughs> okay. Last TV show you binged. Uh Discovering Anna. Great. Yeah. Uh, a movie that never gets old. Oh, I have a bunch. I love Color Purple. I love, uh, I cry every time at the end. Doesn't matter, I've seen it 14,000 times. I guess yeah. I, love I just love that. Yeah. What's the last song that made you cry? <sighs> um, you know, it's so silly. It was a, a thing I saw, a video I saw on uh, TV of a little girl singing um, 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 Ariel's song, but she was just so intent on singing it and she was so into it. I just love anybody that puts that amount of thought just into it. Yeah. And I just, bad. I get teary and it's so silly. I love the effort. Yeah. Favorite musical of all time. Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> I love, uh, for contemporary, I love Into the Woods. For, um, Me too. Sorry, standards, I just got excited. Standards, we do. That's it. For standards, I love Camelot. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, another form of art you would like to dabble in one day? Oh, I think I've already done so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I can't add anything to my list. Not like I'm like, oh great, I've done all that. It's just I'm not sure. <laughs> another form of art I'd like to dabble in. Um, oh Lord, I don't know. Um, I'm writing. I guess, I mean, I wish I was a really good crafty person. I'm just not, but in my head I am, and then I do it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. That's so funny. That okay. Funny. Uh, best live theatrical experience you've been an audience member for? Oh, an audience member. I was going to say company. Um, yeah. Been an audience. I love the band's visit. I just was like oh. so, and, and just her. It was especially Katrina, her specificity and her, mm. well, it was just it, that I really loved. 
She's yeah. great. Yep. Uh, if you could play any role in any show without constraints, what would you choose? Um, I gotta consult my list of, of <laughs> that I want to play. I mean, Ursula is a big one. You know, those kind of evil characters. But I guess ultimately, it's gonna have to be Madamorable because that is. I mean, she's a teacher. She's a producer. She works with kids. You know, I yeah. and I definitely understand her her frustration with young people sometimes. Um, <laughs> but hello you know, to the wicked, I'm hello listening. to the wicked producers. If you're listening, let's go. Yeah, yeah, that's Telsey again. Hey, they were our company casting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tell me on in for Madam Morrible. Love to do that. Yes, and last one, a goal you would like to complete by the end of 2022 just getting through this summer because <laughs> it's a big concept and I'm like who thought of this you know because it's a lot to stay on top of as a producer time management and a lot mm -hmm. of great people but you got to make sure everybody knows where they're going and the schedule is complete and yeah so just getting through the summer would be great I agree with that yes <laughs> yes yes same same getting through the summer <laughs> getting through July well, yeah. Kristen, this was amazing. You're awesome and a superwoman, yeah. and we're so happy that you're a professor superwoman. Exactly. <laughs> My kids call it the Huffman Boot Camp. Huffman <laughs> Boot Camp. I don't mess Bam. around. Man. I don't the episode. I'm right exactly. out there. right now. I know what we're looking for, and it's not just me, you know. So I try to be nice, but also I try to be like this is this is where you should probably be aiming if you want to make this a career facts the huffman boot camp love it <laughs> love it that one of my students one of my former students jake named it that shout, shout out shout to, jake. to jake everybody i shout out to everybody <laughs> we love jake before we go can you let our listeners know where they can find you and keep up with you on social media or your website or what's the best way that everyone can keep up with Kristen I mean oh um, that's a keep, keep up, up with, with Kristen, Kristen. Oh, oh my I'm writing that down too I like yeah. that um now my website is my name k-r-i-s-t-i-n huffman I'm on Facebook because I'm that age I'm on Facebook a lot so you can find me there too um, I am on Instagram, but I don't do that as much. Uh, so I would just say, honestly, I would say Facebook through New Paradigm Theater Company or through my own website. Nice. Come see the show, awesome. introduce yourself to me. That's what I would yes. say. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That sounds incredible, incredible, incredible. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. And if you're awesome. tuning in and you don't follow us, everyone, follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Survival Jobs a Podcast on Facebook. Shoot us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Follow Jason at Jason A. Coombs and I'm Sammy Toots. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you well, for you joining us. You all are so positive and just a nice breath of fresh air, both of you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank Yay. you. Both. Let me know if you want tickets. I'm happy to do it. Yes. Oh, for sure. We'll all get tickets. All right. Great. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.